we coming live, and I almost fell back because I oh, forgot so I had sorry. the chair. <laughs> yes. We're waiting on our producer. We are live now. We are live now. What up, what up, what up? This is KF The Roar, uh, season six, episode two. Uh, special, different type of uh, podcast tonight. Uh, I have to my left. I'm Kristen. <laughs> and I'm to my right. To me yeah, I was. Oh. I was thinking, I was like, <laughs> do I want to do it or she could do it? I'm Heather. And y'all have seen Heather on one of our podcasts in past time. Um, but this is KF The Roar and stuff. Uh, and wanted to come tonight and speak on, uh, well, what we call it, life from different perspectives. Um, just a little history from my angle. Kristen has been around, we've been around each other about six, six and a half years um, and stuff. Um, and she has been one of the people that I would say uh, unbeknown to probably her, but, you know, I keep track of every little thing uh, because uh, as when it comes to relationships and people who have uh, assisted in some form or facet in my life. Um, one major thing um, that she's done uh, from not only being a client and stuff, uh, so there's support in that, but also, uh, she's given me a binder, or uh, are they called binders? Yeah, uh, like zipper binder, <laughs> business type of thing um, in past time. And uh, in that, she uh, wrote some uh, things uh, from the scriptures in the Bible um, that to me is like prophetic because uh, some of the things, um, how I am and how I think about things. Uh, spiritually first, and then it goes or translates into the physical matter. All in all, some of the things that she's, uh, she wrote down, uh, I've, all, I've kept, and I've used those, and I've used those as goals and marquee, uh, marquee areas of my life in order to, you know, just to try to stay in line. And I fully support or fully am thankful, you know, for, um, for doing something that, you was just laying from your heart to do um, because I feel like uh, that's somebody that not just appreciating what you've done or doing for them, but want to see you continue to do. So that's one major, uh, major thing. Um, and outstanding individual um, has uh, opened me up to a lot of uh, funny, funny things, <laughs> uh, especially uh, in in times past. But uh, I would say uh, that's a little bit of Kristen. Um, but I also want you to tell them about your business because it's so dope, so unique. Uh, what she does and what she can do when it comes down to I'm gonna just say fragrances, but I know it's way more, more than that. So. <laughs> Kristen, you got the mic. <laughs> uh, so I have a creative wellness business. I'm a creative entrepreneur. Um, and it started off with me just kind of um, diving into my own wellness journey. So creating products in my kitchen for myself and then realizing like, hey, I think more people could really utilize this, not just for body care reasons, but um, as like to, to aid them in their personal wellness journey. So one of my signature things is perfumes. 
and I love making them. I love making different fragrances. I love watching people when they are smelling it for the first time and putting <laughs> it on themselves. Um, that's that's become my my thing, my niche. So I do put on wellness workshops too, where I have uh, I teach you how to make perfume. That's that's mostly what I'm doing right now. And what's the name of the business? It is Unapologetic Healing. Most definitely, fellas, uh, for sure. If you are looking for some perfume um, where you don't have to go to Dillard's or JCPenney or anywhere else, <laughs> uh, but like you want to create your own perfume for that special individual, holla at her. I got you. It's so dope. It's so dope, dope because it's it's your own smell. Uh, hopefully, she enjoys your own smell. Oh, but if not, we you can always just get a gift card. And send them to Kristen um, as well. Um, are you off your high yet? Because you had a, a, a big event that you just now um, completed and stuff. So share with us a little bit about that. I did. I did my first workshop with over 10 people. It was 20 people. We had we had 20 spots and they sold out. Um, and, and everyone showed up and it was really amazing just to see so many amazing women in one room and um, the energy was high and they were so super engaged and and people are still kind of raving about it. So (laughs) I am a little bit on a high about that. (laughs) That's what's up. That's what's up. So holla at her, holla at her for uh, uh, fragrances more and just on that overall health and wellness um, because there's so many different avenues for health and wellness. And to my right, (laughs) my ace boom coom uh, we've been rocking together. You put up the post. Our Facebook reminded you of how many years. I think it was four, four, four years. Um, came in uh, as a client as well <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, have uh, we been? I ain't gonna say ups and downs. Like it's not nothing bad and stuff. Um, but in just in the things, the goals, the things that was needed. Uh, um, for her life and stuff um, and pulling me as a trainer uh, to know more, find out more, uh, discover more in order to help individuals. Um, that's where Heather and I have been um, and she's not one to hold her tongue. So I'm grateful for that, for sure, um, because that has, uh, that has a major plus when it comes down to um, not being comfortable uh, in in no shape or form. She's a big supporter, um, a very helpful individual and stuff. Uh, I would say from the recreation uh, side of things of what we do with Kingdom Fitness Recreation. Um, and then also has uh, been able to take something that we've been, we haven't been talking about kickboxing alone, but a class in general. Um, you was <laughs> you was the one of the four or five people that we had in the yoga uh, trial that we did. Um, then we was talking about doing um, we was talking about doing uh, Zumba, dancing, dancing and stuff. Yeah, um, but uh, we've been consistent uh, with uh, kickboxing, and so um, just tell us a little bit. Um, about that or whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> okay. And stuff. Um, 
as long as it's not fragrances, because she already handled that part. <laughs> so when he says ups and downs, this is me and the things that I fight through. So if you saw me get up a second ago, it's because I'm a type one diabetic and I had to change out one of my pieces of equipment that I wear on myself. Um, but I've been through a lot as far as like just trying to stay my best me, and he's the first person who has allowed me to progress and see that I am capable of more despite the two autoimmune diseases that I have and I, like I just thought held me back but ain't nothing holding me back now anyway yeah. um yeah. and then kickboxing is I've been doing that since either 2018 or 2019 um but it's always been a blast for me uh we um it's just fun. It's just a great exercise, and you feel empowered as a woman, but also as a guy. Right. Um, just getting Fellas. in there, just letting some stress out. Um, the bag is a great just release. And just FYI, um, Kristen and I are like <laughs> intertwined with each other's businesses. So Kristen <laughs> is my kickboxing client, and she is my soaps. God, she does everything. She does soaps. She does. Right. Her soaps are incredible. She makes a massage bar that my, my second uh, autoimmune disease, I'm inflamed 24-7, and that thing is the bomb. That's it awesome. is so awesome. First off, it smells incredible, but then when you're in the shower, you're like, oh my gosh, everything hurts. Like, it just relieves everything. It's amazing. I smelled all her perfumes. I've, like, literally smelled everything she done. I have a soap named after her. <laughs> oh, really? I feel special. She, she I feel special, but she is incredible. So, like... I've been to two of her DIYs. I got frustrated with myself, but the products came out great. So yeah. it's just me as a perfectionist, and that's that's just the way I am. But yeah, that's 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 what I've got. That's what's up. That's what's up. So do I? What do I need to do to get something named after me? All right, we're gonna go from there. That's what we'll discuss this week. Um, but. Um, before we jump into our topic, as always, we want to send an invitation for salvation. So what that is, is um, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have not um, already. Um, it's bigger than just um, going to heaven or hell. And stuff. That is a major key. But it's just being able to experience um, fully what God has promised um, through his son, Jesus Christ, and being able to have a sense of uh, belief in something that you don't see, um, but it's truly there and it's truly promising and it's truly uh, a real thing and stuff. So um, just hit us up at kingdomfitness10 at gmail.com. Um, that's kingdomfitness, the number 10, at gmail.com. And we can chop it up or you can leave a comment. Um, y'all know how we do. we six seasons in. Um, y'all see Kevin's here. Um, <laughs> Kevin's here. He's running the ones and twos for tonight. Um, so, uh, I didn't know he was going to do all that, but there it is. All right, so, <laughs> um, a part of KF The Roar, so we have a, a segment, I would say, that uh, we could just call it the truth table. Um, so, that's when we like to invite or just have just general conversation, no hose bar, no judgment. Um, it's just all love and just coming out um, and being and discussing about certain topics and stuff. Um, me and these ladies in the gym, we always have something unique come about. Um, and, and it goes from one thing to another being about 
20 to 30 minutes afterwards of how did we get here? Um, so to, um, but we was talking about, uh, some, some things, um, in this past times. And I was like, man, you know what? We need to get the pod. Like, um, I just, I just want it recorded and stuff. Um, so y'all can fill in to hear in and listen in to, uh, some of the things we'll be talking about. So, um, we want to talk about just life from different perspectives. Um, I have three topics in mind. Um, anything that comes about, Kev, if you want to ask them a question, whatever the case may be, if you got a question on, on social media or, uh, yeah, Facebook, whatever the case may be, or on any of the apps, uh, just chime in and we'll try to cover it as we can, but we're going to hop right into it. So, um, the question, uh, the topic will always have these three questions. Uh, what you learn? What did you, um, yeah, what you learn? What do you know? And what do you now uh, believe? So I just think of it as, all right, so what I know from what I learned when I was a baby, all right, growing up in that certain age group, what I have learned through experiences, and then what do I actually believe? And like, what what is my thought process behind it. So I'm going to just throw out race as the first topic, all right? Race as the first topic. So uh, I'll just pop it off with race. What I know, <laughs> uh, or sorry, what I've learned and stuff. So um, I'll speak from my mom's standpoint heavily because my dad really didn't get into too much with race or anything. I knew what I knew. I seen it and Nothing ever really bothered me, but I knew that some things uh, were truth or some things did happen. And I also learned that some things I just can't change. So what am I to do? So I'll speak from my mom's standpoint. Um, she uh, grew up in a very uh, a time where segregation was uh, at all time high. Um, and so one thing that I know that what she is taking from it, like, there was a time where I had an opportunity to go to LSU, uh, not on scholarship, but just visits. And my mom was like, if you go, she literally told me if I go, she would not come to a game. And I don't know if she was joking or if she was just dead on serious. Um, but I took her as mom, so she's probably dead on serious. Reason is um, because she had an opportunity um Whenever she was coming out of high school, she graduated high in her class. And um, at the time, she wasn't accepted at LSU. She went on to Southern, uh, did her thing. And then to prove a point, I guess, um, she got a master's from LSU um, and so on and so forth. Um, but then when she re- told me reasons why behind it, it was more so of like, you know, I don't. I didn't want you at the time to take my pain in order to mess up your decision and stuff. Not saying I was going there or not, but it kind of was like, okay, well, I definitely can't go to LSU because mom not coming to the game. Um, what I've learned and stuff. So I've learned that first of all, races. There's only one race. It's only the human race. We just color. <laughs> um, we just color. Um, I get it whenever, I mean, I, I'm cool with everybody. I know that there's a lot of different things that, you know, people uphold to for some odd reason when it come down to, uh, 
your background, what you have been through, what your parents have been through, this, that, and the other. Um, and we're forever pushing for change uh, as a whole in the world. Uh, we all pushing for betterment. Um, it's like there's some good and there's still bad. And there's, uh, I don't know if it's ever going to change, really, uh, for whatever that picture is supposed to look like across the board. Um, the best thing that I have um, done is... Uh, this is why I love God so much. Is like really just show His love, and then uh, me, because at the end of the day, the Creator of all uh, knows what to do, how to do, and and really not dive down too much into you know who's superior, who's inferior, just because of a color. Because underneath this skin, we all look the same. So well, it's um, interesting that your your mom took that route. Mine took a very opposite approach. So yeah. also grew up during segregation, but kind of immersed us into a certain world. So we kind yeah. of shield us from the pain that she experienced. Wow. So very sheltered outlook. Um, and I feel like I grew up not really knowing or understanding the differences um, aside from like my personal experiences and having to put the pieces together. Yeah. But um, shocking fact, I didn't realize who Michael Jackson was shocking. after he died. So that's how immersed into... <laughs> that, like, that's some immersement. So, years. Yeah. <laughs> Protection. Very, like, all-white private schools growing up, um, all-white friends, social circles, TV shows. I yeah. mean, just completely sheltered um, from my own culture. <laughs> there is no full house. So. <laughs> there is no... <laughs> Who is this Will Smith you're speaking of? Um, um, and and this is this is one like when we talked about that or when I heard that I was like, nah, like how? What does that even look like? You know, for years. Uh, I mean, he died. You was oh, what age? Two thousand nine. So out of high school. Sheesh. Yeah, wow, so 17, 16, 17? Yeah. Or, yeah, that's some. Yeah. <laughs> well, I graduated, wait, high school? Oh, seven, right? Oh, so two. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like 19, yeah. 20. Yeah, at least. 19 or 20. As protection or shielding. <laughs> yeah. And then did your, did your white friends know about Michael Jackson? It was like. Probably. Because that's the thing. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, like you never came across like no, nobody was just like talking about it at school, and you was just like, "Who's this Michael?" I'm trying to like, what is this dance move y'all doing across the board? Like everybody did move on or tried. <laughs> right. Well, pretty much actually. And so now, what I believe is that um, that it really don't make a difference. <laughs> I'm just like. Um, you know, it is what it is. It doesn't control um, my life. My color doesn't control my life. Um, you know, I come from where I come from. I didn't choose one or the other, you know. Um, and it's something like I'm, I'm a big person on, like, progressing. Like, all right, we've been doing this for however many years. Um I'm done talking about it. Like, even when people are like, uh, uh, or I'm going to just use African-Americans or like, 
we need to do this for our African-American race. Like, how many things we need to do to be, uh, to p- prove a point or whatever the case may be. I'm just like, you know, just do you, um, um, you know, to those that see it as um, inferiority or superiority just because of color. I mean, um, let them stay in their lane. Um, but I believe the best thing we can do it is and the way to progress is in love. And that's just to me, it's just like being your best version of yourself, um, because in the there's a very uh, cool uniqueness behind it whenever you come to discover and find out that uh, when I sit with people or in the same group of people uh, or room of people that none of that stuff even matters from the joke. Like, none of it really matters. Um, so, Heather. Yeah. <laughs> um, coming from Hispanic back. So let me just, in case y'all are wondering. Yeah, you do that. Out. You, you clean I'm, that up. I'm a bunch of different. I'm a much. Yeah, gumbo, uh, gumbo pot. My, my mom was born in Honduras. Um, so she speaks Spanish, but she's been in the United States since she's three. So... The American culture is more what she embodies than the Hispanic culture. Um, But she's on her dad's side. Her mom is all Hispanic. On her dad's side, she's Jamaican and Italian as well. Um, Don't ask us how that happened. Um, My dad's side, I'm French, German, Native American, and Creole. Sheesh. So... I'm a whole bunch of different <laughs> stuff. Um, you ever wanted to do an ancestry? That my sister does. Like, uh, okay, okay. I, I, I like. I mean, I just, I just know I'm a bunch of different yeah. stuff. I don't, I don't care the percentage. I don't, right. don't mean nothing to me. Well, I wanted to just see like with cousins and stuff like that, and like who you may be related to. Um, that was like some popular name or anything like that. I like. Know. My dad yeah. gets into all that, oh, okay. and I still don't know my cousins. <laughs> so that's why. Yeah, that's why. Right. You got right. more cousins. Than- <laughs> anyway, um, so I don't like my upbringing wasn't like one way or the other, except for I came from a lower income family. Like that's that's the best I can say. Um, color was not really anything I ever saw. Mm-hmm. Um. I've had friends of, I feel like, back in the day when I went to elementary school, we yeah. had black people and white people. Honestly, there weren't a lot of Hispanic people. There weren't Asian people. I, I don't know why, or maybe I, I just don't recall them, but just where I grew up in, in Harahan, we just had black people and white people. Right. So um, I was, in a sense, kind of like the weird-looking one, but did I know that? No. <laughs> um, but I just knew I was from a lower income family. Like, I I mean, all the girls' houses that I would go sleep over at, they had, like, you know, the princess toys and the and the this and the Barbie houses and the blah, blah, blah. And I had, like, one doll and, like, some Legos and stuff like that. So I just, I mean, I had fun. My cousin was the kind of the same. Um, I always went to her house and wanted to play with her toys because she had all the cool toys. Right. And, like, I just had what I had. Uh, so... It just, uh, like, my my parents never lean one way or the other. My dad did a little bit. Really? So we moved to Laplace in, I think it was 93, um, after a hurricane. And we moved to a predominantly black neighborhood. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't aware of that, but now that I'm grown, I realize like, oh, okay. Well, I made friends with the kids across the street. Um, I made friends with the two. I had twins that went to school with me literally the first day at my new school. Right. All African American kids. Um, just I did like I said, I didn't place myself in any specific group. But my dad would make comments occasionally, like watching the news, and my dad is. My dad is my dad. My dad is not me. Um, <laughs> but like seeing the news and he'd be like, just be careful around uh, the black boys or just yeah. be careful, like just seeing the crime rate. And in, in Laplace at that time, that was the majority of the crime rate. Yeah. So just throwing it out there. Right. You have a question? No, okay. I was just thinking uh, like there's a lot of black people in the area was so way where else where else do you think the crime gonna come from um, and also it was very like I don't know what Laplace is like now I have no desire to go back there but the the neighborhood we live in like you can't even get in there my mm. brother was trying to show some friends where we lived years after he left and I think a few years after he graduated high school um and a cop followed him and his friends in wow. and told them to turn back around because it was not a good neighborhood. And he was like, I'm just trying to show my friends where I live. And they're like, well, there's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of this. There's a lot of that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, but the, the areas in the class were, whew, they were very divided. Like there was a black neighborhood and it was, it was poor. I'm being mm-hmm. honest with you. It was poor. And in the white neighborhoods were these huge freaking houses and like they had a pool in the neighborhood and they had playgrounds in the neighborhood and they, and they had all that and like we had a church playground down the road and a Danny and Clyde's I don't, I don't know where y'all Danny from but there, there it is there it is there it is so I knew shout Kevin, out to Danny and Clyde uh, but a Danny and Clyde's down the road like and that's, that's what we had uh, so it was it was stuff like that that like but I always like every every school I went to, every grade I was in, I always had I didn't really meet any any like Hispanic kids. I might have had one Hispanic friend. Um hmm. but like I was mostly surrounded by white people and black people. Yeah. So I had friends of all different Both. races. Everybody got along. Nobody like bashed each other um i slept by all their houses and like we were always doing stuff together either that or on the phone and our moms were complaining about like we need to get off the phone because other people might be trying to call <laughs> uh like all, all that type of stuff but like yeah. never really like um <laughs> it wasn't until honestly <laughs> high school that i i guess i noticed fully the difference yeah um because i like, I think back on it now, and, like, some people may say, no, that's not the case, but I think back on it now, and I realize I wasn't fully accepted. Like, mm. we had the, I'm just being honest, I apologize if I offend anybody. Don't white, apologize. The white preppy cheerleaders and the, and the white dance team, and then the black girls had their own little crew, and there was maybe, like, three of them in my grade. Out of 95 mm-hmm. kids that graduated, there was maybe three of them. And my crew was the soccer girls because that's uh, I was a soccer player. That's who I hung out with. We had it was mostly white girls. There was one who was a little darker complected, but I think she was like mainly white. Um, but that that was just my crew. It wasn't about any of that. I didn't like when I first got there. I didn't know anybody because I came from public schools. Um, and so 
it was kind of tough, like figuring out where I would belong and all that type of stuff. Um, but honestly, the first person who was nice to me at this new Catholic school where hmm. white girls were the majority was the janitor's son. And the janitor was named <laughs> Mr. Fred. He was incredible. He was the most friendly guy. He was awesome. And everybody yeah. knew him. His son was named. Mm. Golly. Last name so Parker. friendly. Last name <laughs> Parker. I can't remember his name. Devin. Devin. His son was Shout named Devin. Shout out to Devin. Thank you, Devin. Thank <laughs> you, son, Devin. His son was named Devin. And you know what? Devin was a black guy, but he was the first guy to tell me hi. He yeah. was very friendly. He had a big old smile on his face. We need to go to La Plaza and find <laughs> Devin. <laughs> Is Devin uh, he probably a principal now. Who knows what Devin's But so. Devin was a real nice guy, just like his dad. Like literally spitting spitting personality of his dad. Awesome, yeah. awesome guy. But that was the first person to be friendly to me and not just like kind of look at me like, oh. Sad that? Yeah. And they weren't it was really, really welcoming environment. Like they weren't judging or anything like that. I was I was impressed by that because I was I mean, you know, all the high school movies you see, uh, I was like, oh, great. I'm going to be like the, the weird girl from public school who don't nobody know and all that right. type of stuff. But, like, people who I feel like are drawn to me, and I don't know why because I'm not incredibly social. Um, and I, I have that face, like, mm-hmm. until you make yourself known to me because I'm not going to introduce myself. Like a rude auntie. <laughs> Literally. Uh, but uh, I had, I remember... Leslie from high school, she was in my AP biology class, and black girl, she would call mm-hmm. me for like help with notes and things like that. Um, and then, like, just that's who I made friends with. It's just anybody who was willing to be my friend and be friendly and just not be a, a complete, a word that I'm gonna be respectful, not be a complete that. Uh, <laughs> B B B B B. Just kindness, kindness, kindness is what I'm drawn to. And if you open yourself, if you show me you're friendly, I'm more likely to return that and then make more of it. I guess is the best way to say. Um, But I don't, I don't have the same experience you guys do. But it was more just a. It's like I fit in with the lower. I don't think nobody had this experience. I agree. (laughs) But (laughs) but but that's where I fit in. I just fit in with the lower income kids, and they accepted me. And I had a few like richer friends that like would have me over at their house occasionally, and it was like, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff and that type of thing. But uh, that's I just wherever I fit in, I'm I made my space. Yeah. So Kristen, one other. um, So how was it? around your black friends like whenever like yeah how was it around your black friends so um (laughs) who was the first black friend (laughs) (laughs) so when i graduated junior high and i went to high school i went to baton rouge high it was my first time being exposed to diversity (laughs) yeah right (laughs) and um who are these people and i had what i what i call culture shock um and but I felt like it was uncomfortable for me to be around black people because I felt different. Yeah. <laughs> and and then the, and they pointed out that I was different. Um, so you know you've heard the term like Oreo and yeah. all of that. Um, and I hated that. I hated being called that, and I didn't understand it. You know, and so it, I I 
think I just kind of kept to myself. I remember making friends with this one guy named Leroy. Oh, hey, Leroy. <laughs> He's probably a principal too now. <laughs> he was my BFF, and I stuck with him every day. Um, and we rode the bus together, and um, Batman Tribe was huge, and there were different, like, lunch shifts and stuff. So a lot of times, like... I would just, if he wasn't on my lunch shift, I would, I would keep to myself. <laughs> Eating or, in the corner? Yeah, I would go. I think wow. I would go down the line and get some cookies and then, like, walk the halls. Wow. <laughs> and eat the cookies by myself or, um, you know, I don't know. I just did, did my own loner thing. Yeah. Um, I, I really struggled that year. I remember my mom, she got me, like, in school counseling and, I don't remember. I, I was the client that therapists cannot stand. Now, and I'm a therapist now, by the way. Um, but I didn't, I didn't say anything. I would, I, you know, I just would look at her side eye and yeah. like, why do I have to meet with you? But basically, my mom yanked me out of Baton Rouge High as soon as she could. <laughs> and yeah. put me back into an all-white <laughs> private school. <laughs> Come back here. <laughs> um, because my grades dropped and I, I was always an honor roll student and I just, I was lost. Um, yeah. But I'm still very grateful for the experience just because it did open my eyes because part of the culture shock was just not being used to it, not being around people like me. Yeah. Um, so it did help, it helped me grow. Um, but it, I didn't see it until later, much, much later. So where, how about now? Like, what do you believe? Like, how does Kristen's mental uh, about all that now? <laughs> All y'all need to buy soaps too. Who treated <laughs> from Baton Rouge? I, y'all need to buy some soaps and perfume because you're just ignorant. <laughs> but uh, but like bath bombs too. Bath bombs. Right there. Bath bombs. <laughs> Do it all. All that. All that. I would say now. Um, I believe that it's really just about what you, how you identify. I obviously identify as black. I am black. Yeah. Um, and. I think that, like, there are people who believe that, like, there is a way that you can embody blackness. I mean, maybe, but, you know, it doesn't make you any more or less black, right? Because so, I'm dark. I, I finally just, <laughs> I just, I finally, you know, just came to the conclusion that I don't have to try to be anything to be accepted within my culture. And if people yeah. try to make me feel that way, then the problem is with them. Yeah. I've got something going on on the inside. And so I just decided to be who I am. There it is. There it is. Uh, let's keep it rolling with uh, sports. So, um, sports, and there's so many topics. Uh, we could dive into the race topic heavily. Um, but uh, with sports, um, so what, I grew up in a sports household. I would just say that. Uh, mom was a PE teacher, is still to this day a PE teacher. Um, um, my dad uh, with recreation. Um, and he did stuff with, uh, uh, Special Olympics, um, and, and what they did with sports as a substitute. And then my uncles, aunts, like everybody, sports atmosphere, uh, through and through. Um, but my parents never like really pushed sports on me. Um, it was just something that I seen them do. Um, I think my parents were, uh, forerunners to uh they brought swimming to ascension parish and stuff um and any or a lot of african americans i know uh learn how to swim from them and by them uh they was doing it 
Um, they call, we called it the white poo, um, and Carver was the black poo. But they did it at Carver and Gonzalez. Neither one of them poos are existed now. There's only one poo in Gonzalez. Um, but <laughs> my parents started swimming lessons there. And then I was on the swim team, me, my brother, and then um, a guy named KJ uh, Cutno was the only three African-Americans on the swim team and did very well. Um, but from swimming to track, soccer, and uh, football was ultimately my main sport and alongside with basketball. Um, what I've come to learn in that, uh, I'm, and there's so many different angles that we could talk about, I'm going to speak from an angle that I believe sports can is a big uh, avenue that can assist in a lot of different areas of life. Um, and so I w- I'm one to believe that sports should um, be fully for everyone, um, no matter the sex, um, no matter the amount of money that you have or do not have, um, and no matter the skill, uh, the skill that one doesn't have. Um, because when it talks about when I'm talking about skill, I think that is um, is determined off of a judgment of character by a coach who probably don't know what they're doing uh, or don't want a coach. Um, so I believe it's something for all something in so many words that should an individual should not be denied of um, in order to participate at the least. Um, because it can assist in a lot of different areas, if not in sport alone, but in life. Um, and that's what I believe and carry and, um, and try to uphold now, being in the position that I am in and stuff, um, to try to push that upon many uh, kids and families because there's a lot of people that just... Uh, the mindset behind it, the uh, the pressure that they put on these kids, the uh, a lot of stuff that's just like it has no benefit um, for overall growth. Um, and we think we're dealing with a battle at home alone, where sports can be a safe haven for some, but some have created more of that battle up on top of what a lot of these kids are already um, going through. So, in a sense, we are desiring to free free all this up uh, with Kingdom Fitness Recreation. So, Heather, uh, we talk about sports heavily. She's a coach at Ascension Flight and stuff like that. So, um, what did you grow up learning? Are <laughs> so many things that you grew up What's one of those things that you've learned through or with sports? Um, and then what uh, do you believe now? Uh, so I'm kind of like you. Like, sports were never pushed on me. It's just my dad was always playing something, like pickup games. His brothers would call him for a volleyball game at the lakefront. Or he would um, – my dad was a member of the Knights of Columbus, which is a thing in the Catholic Church – and they would do like softball tournaments and bowling tournaments and all this type of stuff. Um, so he was always involved um, and 
like naturally I guess I just wanted to do it too like at our first apartment I remember we just used to race in the backyard I used to be like dad I can beat you today he's like let's see and he would beat me every time like he would not hold back that is yeah. the way my dad was like oh nope not yet maybe one Builds day but it's character. not today <laughs> uh, so I was put in everything like yeah. uh, we where we, we lived in Harahan we were maybe like I don't know, a few feet from, like, the community park. So I did basketball, I did volleyball, I did cheerleading, I did dance, I did gymnastics, I did track. That's that's all of it. But all of it, I was asking my mom the other day, I feel like it had to be free because there's no way it could (laughs) have been expensive or... I don't, I don't know, yeah, but Jefferson Parish Recreation Sport is like four dollars. Yeah, so it, it there's Beautiful. no way I could have done all that, right? Um, with the amount of money that was coming into my household, uh, uh, and then once we moved and my brother was born, um, got to Laplace, and that's where things cost a little bit. So like, they didn't. I love track, and they didn't have a track thing in St. John. Yeah. So um. At our church, there was softball and cabbage ball. Well, my dad was my coach, and that, that wasn't my favorite <laughs> thing in the world. He, he just was very uh, straightforward, which I'm very appreciative of today. Like, I'd have, I'd have wanted it no other way, but, like, the other girls, it was a girls' team, the other girls on the team were not, they were not okay with my dad being like, why are you picking clovers? Get up, pay attention, eyes on the ball. Like, my dad just wasn't. A kid yeah. person. He, he was straightforward. He'd tell you exactly like it was. So I didn't super enjoy that. Well, then my mom put me in soccer, which I think cost 60 bucks for the season at that time. Um, and you had to buy your own shin guards and your cleats. And if you had a, if you had a ball, a ball, but they provided your jersey. Um, yeah. I think we all provided our own shorts, but I don't remember. But soccer is kind of like where my heart stuck. Um, I went out there first time, and my dad was always just – my mom was – cheered me on but my dad was always like you give it a hundred percent it don't matter if you're gonna win you're gonna come in fourth place you're gonna come in last you still give it a hundred percent um so i went out every game every practice gave it a hundred percent um played soccer in high school we were nothing incredible <laughs> but we had fun and we worked together as a team um i ran cross country too cross country is a little different because it's, it's not a team sport no. but we still like all like cheered each other on and stuff like that keep but running i can't go no further literally. uh but as i'm a coach now um i have young boys so i have like I think my first season I was six and seven, and now I have seven and eight year olds. Like I, I, I move up as they move up type thing. And I also do three year old soccer, which is my favorite mm. thing in the world. Um, but the boys are, are more competitive. They're 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 about winning, and that's what a lot of that is put in their head by their parents. Not that I mean that's what a game is. You got a winner and you got a loser, but you got to have skills progression before you like. All right, let's go out there. Because I don't need one of my boys punching somebody in the face or pushing them down or kicking them to hurt them just to get ahead. I want them to use skill, to build skill. Um, So as I talk to them today, um, I just kind of encourage the skill. I remind them of things that we talk about. I introduce new points of view. And when they go out there and they see it for themselves and they use it, that's where I'm like, Yes. 
Um, of course, the parents also like when you win as well. <laughs> so, you know, right. you get compliments as a coach when you win, but when you lose, everybody's gone before you even make it out the gate. Right. So, I mean, it, you know, it is what it Stuff. is. But um, sports were always just give it your all. It's supposed to be fun. Put it all on the table. Um, mm-hmm. You should be dead tired after everything you give your all in. Like, you should come home and want to eat and want to go straight to sleep, but you got to shower. That's that's the way, like, my dad explained it to me. Um, but you were sportsman, like, sportsmanship. Like, sportsmanship, yeah. Like, you were, you were, Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that, this you is our podcast. Say what you want. So you, you, you slapped hands. You said, good job. Um, you were not <laughs> mad because they beat you you took something from it um if you had an issue you discussed it with your coach you did not disrespect your coach you didn't disrespect any parents like you didn't disrespect other players words were exchanged especially when i was in high school i remember somebody (laughs) got kicked by one of my players in the face with the ball and i told her good kick and she's like i know that was a good kick and you know that's that's how we are as high school girls that is what it is but we were still sportsmen like we still like seeing what we saw, appreciated the effort, learned from it, tried to do it ourselves. weren't weren't even remotely that skilled, but we we made something of it, and our coach was very helpful as well. So, to me, coach is about coach. Sports is about learning. It's yeah. about prepping you for life. It's about setting you up for how to handle defeat and how to come back from it, and also how to win and and not be stupid. Mm. So. <laughs> what about you? So volleyball, uh, that's the only sport I know you, but what about your background and um, what you learned, what you know, and where are you now with sports? <laughs> um, so I don't currently identify as athletic, but I used to be. Um, and growing up, I actually wanted to play basketball, and my mom wouldn't let me because she said I was going to hurt all the other girls. Yeah, Bob. Uh, so, Thank you. <laughs> I, Pass me the ball. I <clears throat> defaulted to bo- volleyball, um, <laughs> and I ended up actually really loving it, and I did pretty well. Got some awards, um, but yeah, I feel like that's pretty much as far as the <laughs> <laughs> athleticism went. I, so I did play soccer recreationally, and I really loved that. I, I, I enjoy soccer. Where um, was your dad with like, like so basketball is more of a it's come to be more of a man thing overall, thanks to the WNBA and doing their thing and women doing their thing now, heavily more so. But, like, where was your dad at the time, like, when your mom was like, you're going to hurt all the girls? Like, uh, was your dad, like, but let her try? Or? My dad wouldn't let me do anything. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> he supported anything we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but my mom made the decision. <laughs> <laughs> so. I know what your dad said, but look, this is what y'all doing. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, she is athletic, though. Her bathhouses are incredible. Like, she, she is very athletic, but she doubts herself. <laughs> <laughs> and she can play volleyball. I know that heavily. She still got it. Yep. She still got it. <laughs> um, and then our last topic for tonight, um, relationships. Uh, so, um, in so many... So many things. I'll talk from the what I what I grew up learning as a male, um, being being respectful, being kind, uh, chivalry, uh, 
that was all the things that I was like around and seeing. Um, big shout out to my dad <laughs> um, doing the things like he was not a person to say a lot, but does a lot um, for my mom. And I take or uh, took every note and still do uh, take notes upon uh, a lot of things that was done. Um, now in trying to or through experience of that. So um, in the dating, when I was dating, uh, um, it was like a lot of people could care less about some of that stuff. Um, not saying that it was a bad thing except for that one relationship where a girl really fussed me down in Walmart parking lot because I opened the door for her. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next podcast. Um, but, uh, but it was like, you know, um, it was more so about status, um, what you have, what you don't have, who are you, uh, type of feel for me growing up or, um, or in that high school range, uh, which kept me from not even caring too much about relationships as a whole, because, um, I mean, I went to school for school, and ball was my thing. And being a football player, for lack of a better word, it just came easy. Like, you do well on Friday night, somebody's going to want to talk to you at the party or whatever the event may be. Um, But I didn't care about none of that because some of that was vain and just uh, I was always looking for uh, something more concrete. Like, even from the high school, I was like, I want something definite. I just don't want a test run. <laughs> um, I want to be something definite. And uh, just because, I don't know, I guess, I'm going to use Boy Meets World was pretty much my, but, like, he wasn't an athlete. Um, Saved by the Bell, one of them shows, but I see, like, Drexel <laughs> as the football player, and you got the high school cheerleader, and then... They get, you get married years later and yada, yada, yada. Um, but that never happened. So thank God for my wife and my three kids because I found commitment in that. Um, <clears throat> from what I've learned and what I would uh, or what I would know, what I believe is that um, those things that are not valued on the surface level are very important, uh, I would say, to any young man. Uh, very, very important. Um, get beyond just the looks because that, y'all, this era in time, sheesh, I don't know what's real, what's fake, who's a man and who's not. Um, just being real. <laughs> However, um, <laughs> um, if y'all both try to open the door at the same time, you'll figure out, uh, who's a man and who's not. But, um, but that chivalry, um, that kindness, that love, that respect uh, still holds true. And a woman that appreciates that, you're probably on your way to finding a good thing. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I got from that standpoint. Uh, your turn. Good. <laughs> I mean, I definitely want the soft life, so all about the chivalry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but growing up for me, it was uh, my mom taught us. Well, so there was a value in marriage. Um, so very much like you want to get older, you want to meet someone, you want to get married. 
Um, but then she also <laughs> simultaneously taught us to be self-sufficient. So there was yeah. always that talk of never rely on a man. Always have your stuff in order. Man, your household was Have your like... go bag. You know, like that kind of... Yeah. <laughs> so it was very... Yeah, it was like... Okay. Your dad walks out the room and is like, Hey, all right, now look. <laughs> the game plan is this. <laughs> hey, man, that's what's up. But, yeah, so... Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think through high school, I was in my own world. I was romanticizing fictional characters, yeah. like Corey from Boy Meets World. Hey. You know, I mean, it's a good show. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a good show. <laughs> Topanga was like one of the hottest white girls I ever seen. I was like, long. <laughs> um, what about? So we was talking last. I ain't gonna go into. Too much of your business, but you reached out. Yeah, I find that so unique because me growing up was like the guy. You are to find your wife. You are the males are supposed to approach women. A woman should never approach a male. It's total nonsense yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, but like, what did you hear? Like growing up, what was your mom's mindset on this? <laughs> We need her on the podcast. So my mom, she never, I never remember her saying like, wait to be asked out or don't be the one to initiate anything. Um, but I, I think she would, she would prefer me to do that. <laughs> However, there were times where I let her know that I initiated something and she thought yeah. of me, she laughed, she thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> so I think she might have positively reinforced it in that way, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even now to this day, like I just, I just feel like, I mean, if, there's somebody that I'm interested in and, you know, I don't understand why I would wait or not let them know. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that I would want to take control of the relationship. I don't want to be the leader of the relationship or like the man of the relationship, but yeah. I don't see a problem in initiating anything. Right. So I do. <laughs> Initiation. <laughs> These days. <laughs> Initiation. What about you, Heather? <laughs> uh, well, like, I like that you talked a little bit about high school because um, I didn't, like, these two grow up in a, a fully functioning, loving marriage household. That's not what my household was. Um, mm-hmm. My parents didn't get divorced until I was in college or after, no, I graduated. After I graduated college, but, like, they should have been divorced long before that. Like, my dad, not that my mom was not at fault at all, but my dad was a drunk and so my mom fully did everything for us. Um, he wasn't a terrible dad. Like, he did leave me with some great stuff. I learned yeah. some awesome stuff from him. I am who I am because he was the way he was with me. Yeah. Um, he treated my mom okay, but he also, like, he made all the decisions. He made all the rules. So my mom, if he disagreed with something my mom said, I mean, it was a full-on just knock-down drag-out. He hit her a few times. Um, mm. So that's that's the type of household that I grew up in. Nothing was really ever said to me. And I'm also not the girly girl. So, like, I didn't watch these fairy princess movies and thought, oh, that'll be me. No, that's not. I'm still not that way today. Like, it's just, I, I'd rather you be straightforward with me and just let me know what it is. Um, so, you know, high school is where we all start getting into relationships. Not me. Mm. I, like I said... There was black people and there was white people. And I was on that outside and I was like that, that one. 
there were a few other people, but um, I didn't know where it fit. Nobody, and I didn't think I was super cute in high school either, so, like, please don't go look up pictures of me. But, like, <laughs> yeah, like, I just, I didn't have confidence because of that. And anytime I said I liked somebody, like, it was a big joke. So, like, I just worried about me in high school. Yeah. I, I was tired of, like, feeling bad about myself. And um, my mom never, sorry, my mom never told me, like, oh, you're so, I was not that child that my mom was like, oh, you were so pretty, or your dad, your dad, like, I was told you're smart. Mm-hmm. Use that to your advantage. So I got to college and I went to school in Texas. Um, there's a lot of Hispanic people in Texas. So I, I fit in better. Um, so I get over there and I had some guys like approach me and I didn't know how to handle it. I, so I messaged my mom. I'm like, Mom, I don't Kick know a soccer ball at them. These, these people are saying I'm pretty and I've never been told that. And my mom, I think, like, she, we're emailing. Like, that was oh. the. Yeah. Well, and I'm, she was I'm like, and she, she sent me like this really cute little like pick me up thing I think she missed me at the time because that was not me and my mom's relationship so she just sent me like just believe in yourself and just keep your head in the game and blah 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 blah, blah. So keep your head in like, the game that's, like, that's, that was like what my mom said so I was like okay take the time out with me uh, oh my gosh that's, that's what like that's what it was um the first guy that ever told me he loved me or he wanted to marry me, I full on like backed out real quick. I was like, no, 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 like I don't, huh? I literally just met you, like absolutely yeah. not. Um, like I don't know, it's a, it's a difficult thing because I, I just like I'm drawn to kindness. Like I said, it doesn't yeah. matter what type of relationship it is, I'm drawn to kindness. And if you show interest in me, I'm going to show interest in you back. To the point where I've been told I'm too friendly. I don't know what that means. It's not like I walk to somebody and up to somebody and, like, kiss them or grab their junk. Never have a... I've I just been told, like, my words are too friendly. Like, Please I'm like, it's, I mean, I'm being honest. Like, I'm, like, I've been told I'm too friendly when I work on the office. I would ask them how they are. Like, when we when they call in for something, as in, I was a 911 dispatcher. So, they call in, and um, I'd be like, hey, how you doing? How's you guys going? Um, and I'd just converse for a little bit. When they just call 911? No, I, the officers. Oh! Sorry. Oh. Sorry, 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 sorry. I know you may be in trouble right now. I just wanted to know. How's your day? I would ask, like, how their night was going, or if they had anything cool going on, or stuff like that, and to the point where my friend in dispatch, her husband told her, I want to tell Heather just to kind of like calm it down because she's too friendly. And people are thinking like she's she's trying to flirt with them or she's easy. And I was like, what the? Like I was so confused by that. Yeah. But I've literally been told that in like every aspect of my grown life. I guess being friendly, like I thought being friendly was a thing that everybody did, but apparently being friendly with the male sex is like there's there's a line. I don't know what the line is to be honest. So yeah, I just like I just <laughs> I'm just drawn to friendliness. So that's that's yeah. the best I can say. Um, my husband is a great guy. Like I I knew him through his brother. His brother dated my best friend, and that's that's how we got. Um, introduced, even though he went to high school with me, but I thought he was just a mm. mm-hmm, uh, in high school. So Not we did finally get to talk, <laughs> and oh, there was a mutual interest, and he was real good. I'm very controlling, so like bless him for being married to me still. But uh, 
I'm very controlling and I know what I like and I know what I don't like. So yeah. like one time he had went and met the boys and he came back and I could tell he was a little drunk. Well, that's a trigger for me because my dad was an alcoholic. So he came back and he was mm. a little drunk. I'm like, you were drinking. No. And he's like, like confused. Like, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know. And I'm like, I can't, I cannot do this. My dad was an alcoholic. I'm not going to do it. If you're going to mm. do 